Hello and welcome to the Console Kingdom. My name is Jared. I'm Dan. And tonight we have a very fantastic episode for you. But before we get into that, Dan, how you been? Very fantastic. Yeah, man. Good. Uh kind of uh I don't know, man. It's about to be Christmas, so we got the tree up and uh I'm sitting here in the the glow of the sort of pulsing lights of the Christmas tree. Uh, anything anything coming for uh, from Santa for you this year, Jared? What Santa what Santa gonna bring you this year? I am not sure. I'm hoping for a PS five, but we'll see. A PS five. I don't even think Santa can get a PS five. It's only been out for what, like a year and a half? Yeah, I know. But so I had something planned for tonight that is actually really exciting to me. Um so and I was about to, I'm going to drop this on you. You're not prepared for this, so I'm going to see how this goes. But um, tonight was the Game Awards, Video Game Awards for 2022. And it got me to thinking, Dan, in your opinion, what is your Game of the Year for 2022? Now, hold on before you answer, because I wanted to add a little, uh, a little, stipulation in here with it it does not have to be a game that was released in 2022 because honestly my answer is a game that was released previous to 2022 um i want to know like through the games that you've played this year in 2022 if you could pick a favorite game that you played something that stands out above all the rest what would you pick I was going to say, I'm the wrong person to ask for, like, a game of the year, because I never play anything till it's been out for, like, at least two years. Uh, but that's not necessarily true. There are exceptions, but I, I'm, I'm usually way behind. Uh, I'm going to tell you, yeah, the game of the year for me for 2022. I don't want to be too hasty to answer, because I don't want to be, like, later, like, no, there was something that was definitely better and more impactful than that. But... I'm going to have to go with the game I'm playing right now, which might be a bad decision because I might come back later and be like, no, that was not the best game I played this year. But um, I'm playing a game called The Last Remnant, which was released way back in 2009, which, believe it or not, was like a pretty long time ago. Uh, that's an RPG that was first, it came out on the Xbox 360, and that version, from what I understand, is brutal to play. But then they kind of like revamped it, released it on PC, and then they did like a remaster a couple years ago. But um, it's a game that a lot of people totally sleep on because it wasn't promoted like hardly at all uh, here in the West. Even though according to Square Enix, they developed it like for an international audience. So it's a little bit weird that it was built, you know, with us in mind. But then when it came out here, nobody promoted it. So the only reason I even knew the game exists was because it happened to be on a Steam sale and I used to be a sucker who would buy anything remotely interesting if it was on a Steam sale. Gotcha. So long story short, it's a phenomenal game. It is far beyond uh, my expectations of what the game was going to be like. It's very much like a saga title. It's um, very deep, very challenging. There are unlimited possibilities of what you can do in terms of growing and developing the characters in your party there is side content hundreds hundreds of hours of side content right uh it's it's a, it's it's an incredible game and for anyone who hasn't played it there's a remaster available on ps4 and switch if you've ever played a saga title and you enjoyed it or even if you just like jrpgs or games that are complicated and have a lot of deep gameplay and if you like theory crafting especially this game is a theory crafter's dream come true. So the last time that you definitely, if you are a theory crafter, especially, you should play it. My pick, and this is, this is saying, I don't know what year it was released, honestly. But my pick is one a game that, Dan, you told me about and said I absolutely have to play it. It is also a Square Enix title. It is called Near Automata. And let me. I'm tell so you. excited that that I'm so excited that that you liked my suggestion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, I the music is incredible. The gameplay is incredible. 
the the character development the the endings that you can get it's just fantastic i love 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 this game and i'm having so much fun with it that is an incredible game it's very simple at its core right it's basically like an action rpg Mm -hmm. uh it's fun because you have like a little robot that follows you around and shoots machine guns at things if and um yeah if you choose to have that equipped you can you can upgrade and all that but yeah yeah there's like a lot of platforming there's a lot of kind of hidden areas you can only get to by like jumping and gliding to the right places uh but the the storyline is incredible it's one of the best video game stories i've come across and i don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't played but uh kind of a cliff notes version without spoilers i would say it is about androids trying to stop a war against robots yep yep and um during this during the storyline there are a lot of incredible revelations about the state of the world uh and there's a lot of in-depth exploration of what it means to be human absolutely i just recently because i this will tell you how far i am i just recently uh fought against adam and eve for the first time okay so but i've been focusing on side quests um because mm-hmm. I want to elaborate the story more, um, and instead of just slam through the main main line story, I wanted to. So I've spent hours and hours on these quests, trying to find out where they are. I'm doing this without a guide, um, so I'm just trying to follow the um, the little dots on the map and trying to find where these quests are and and kind of do the exploration because to me that's what draws you into a game like this is the exploration making it so incredible you know um and it's a lot it's so much fun and i even i hate fishing in video games i absolutely hate fishing in video games but in this in this version of of the game you can fish and it's actually kind of fun you know, the bulk of the side quests in the game really dive into the lore a lot. And it makes so many references to real world things because this game kind of takes place in, in our world in, you know, kind of a distant, dark future. And um, there's all these references to, like, philosophy and science. They talk about, like, Kant and they talk about, like, Marx and they talk about uh, all these big concepts of... You know, um, I don't want to get too into things that are going to be like over my own head and I'll start not sounding like I'm talking about. Right. But they talk a lot about these different philosophical ideas that are kind of discussed and explored in the game. And a lot of that is in the in-game text, like in the in-game sort of uh, encyclopedia, which I remember being something that they did way back with um, Xenosaga. Uh, and, And that blew me away back then. Right. So it's cool to see that in a game again. There's one side quest where, like, the whole thing is about uh, this robot who is trying to determine, like, what it means to be alive. To be alive, yes. And and there's this really great, like, journal that he keeps that has all his, all his thoughts on what it means to be alive. Very, very, uh, very cool stuff. And you talked about the music before. The music is amazing. And the thing about the music in Nier Automata that blew me away is that, um, well, I'll ask you, Jared... What language uh, are the songs in? You know, I wish I knew. I thought it was Japanese because some of the some of the language in it is not recognizable to me uh, as a native English speaker. So, um, but it could be it could be European. Um, it could be because music originated in like they said that music originated kind of in a, in Italy. Um, so the Italians, but. Yeah, um, it could very well be uh, Italian or maybe European. It could be Japanese. I'm not sure. It could be. It could be Italian or European or Japanese. It could be anything because it is a made-up language. Really? They made up a language for this soundtrack, and the idea, uh, the singer who sang the songs actually made up the language. And the idea behind this was to create a language that 
one could reasonably believe a thousand years in the future would be like a universal language. Okay. Okay. I can... Like this, like this, this is reasonably what somebody could believe in a thousand years time language will have evolved to this. And then they, she sang songs in it. Gotcha. With the exception of Weight of the World, which was originally recorded in Japanese and then and then was recorded again in English for the for the Western release. Right, right. Which is a song that will give you that will absolutely give you chills. Absolutely. Similar similarly in the last remnant, there's a lot of side quests that de- that dig deep into the lore and the storyline of the world that you're in. Unfortunately, the one really weak point of the last remnant is the story's not that great. So yeah, there's that. There's that, but. Fish, fishing minigame of the year, though, because you mentioned that you enjoyed fishing in Nier Automata. I thought fishing in Nier Automata was incredibly boring, but you mentioned fishing. Well, the fishing minigame of the year for me was from Tales of Arise. That is the best fishing minigame of any game I've ever played, even better than Final Fantasy XV, which has an amazing fishing minigame. Interesting. Like I said, I hate fishing in video games. I've never been big on it, especially in... I hate fishing in real life. In Ocarina of Time. And, you know, when you go to Lake Hylia and you've got to catch a certain size fish and then come back as an adult and catch a certain size fish, it's like, why am I doing this? You know, but, but yeah. I only played a little bit of Ocarina because I only played a little bit of Ocarina because I'm not not really the biggest Zelda fan apart from like Breath of the Wild, which I think is a phenomenal game. But um, I think uh, Ocarina I played a little bit recently. And like yeah, it's, it's it's all right. Like it's fun. I think it probably didn't age that well. Like I think if you played it back then, like back in the day, then probably you, it's probably really near and dear to your heart. But trying to play it now, having never played it before, it just it it just it feels like what it is. It feels like an old game. It does. And you know, uh, one of the things that I would argue about that is that they essentially have an open field in that game where there's no enemies. Mm. There's nothing there. Um, sometimes at night you get skull childs, but other than that, there's really nothing going on in the field. Whereas a game like Twilight Princess has enemies and stuff that will block your way in the field, in Hyrule Field and stuff like that. And I absolutely think that Twilight Princess aged much better than Ocarina of Time did. And let's be honest... Yeah, it felt really slow, too. And let's be honest, it was a Nintendo 64 game, and we all know how we feel about the Nintendo 64 now, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it felt really slow. That game just felt really slow in the beginning. I was getting very bored. <laughs> but I, I'll give it this. It did... I mean, the, and the first-party titles were good about this on the on the Nintendo 64. It, it used the controller in a way that made sense. Yeah, it did. It did. But bef- made the best out. Made the best out of it. But before we go too far off the rails, here I want to get back to our main topic of the day, and I want to talk a little bit about id Software and Doom, and probably a little bit about Castle uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Um, Dan, I gotta ask you: Back in the '90s, did you ever play Doom? So Doom was something for me that was almost more of like a mystery because I did have a PC back then, but it was like this 386 uh, SX uh, IBM compatible, you know, PC that my parents used to use for their business and they didn't need it anymore. So I started playing with it and tinkering with it, which is kind of how I got interested in computers to begin with. Uh, But it wasn't able to run Doom. I even remember I got shareware Doom, you know, thinking I was going to be able to play it. And then I found out that my my computer was not fast enough to run it. So um, I settled on a game called Corridor 7, The Alien Invasion, which is a basically like dollar store version of of Doom, really, if you could even call it that. Um, I didn't wind up playing Doom until it came out on the on the Super Nintendo, you know, a few years later. Uh, And that's probably like that's probably the worst version of Doom. But I still play. I loved it. I played the heck out of it. I played it. All, I played it constantly, despite how incredibly frustrating it was and how terrible everything looked compared to every other version of Doom. Right. See, I grew up in a relatively conservative family, so I could not play Doom. I was not allowed to, even though I had a uh, Windows ninety five computer, 
and it probably would have easily played it, but it was <laughs> against the rules. So when I grew up, I was a little bit more rebellious, and I got to play it uh, more often. And absolutely phenomenal game. One of the most ported games of all time. Yeah, I think that I think it's been ported officially and unofficially to just about everything under the sun. I'm pretty sure if anything has a screen or a display of any kind, you can play Doom on it. GI 83, baby. Some guy like built a tiny computer in inside of like a what was it again? A Lego. Yeah. Some guy built a tiny computer inside of a Lego and, and ran Doom on it. It's bizarre. But I think I think there's a reason for that, and I think the reason why Doom can be ported to just about, just about anything is because John Carmack was an evil genius. Absolutely. Maybe still is an evil genius, but still, the, the man, nobody, nobody in the world of video games has ever done anything like what John Carmack has done. The legends of the legends of the legends of video games have never, ever done what John Carmack has done. This man made computers do things they were not intended to do by being so good at programming that he could basically trick the computer into thinking it was doing something that it wasn't. Like, I can't explain it because I'm not a programmer, but my understanding is that uh, Carmack was able to create a 3D game in a time when 3D graphics did not exist <laughs> by basically kind of tricking the computer into doing something that looked 3D. Which is amazing to me because when you think about it, a 3D game and how pretty it looks. It's not, it's not, it's yeah. not crap. It looks like, I mean, really, it looks like that old screensaver that you had on Windows 95 <laughs> that was the 3D maze with the, with the blocks and stuff. And you were going through this brick hallway or whatever. And it actually made it look. That amazing. Look and feel like you were playing a 3D game and it was just incredible. And you know what Doom did that no other game had done up to that point is it actually made these environments where the things that you did in one room would cause monsters in another room to hear you and come and come toward you. Like that was not a thing. Like games didn't do that. But in Doom, it, it was done in such a way that you could do an action in one room and monsters in another room would hear you. Uh, that's out of this world for the time period. I know nowadays it seems like kind of simple, like, yeah, any game can do that now. But these are this, is, this, is, this was unheard of at the time. Uh, and I really wish I had a better like technical understanding of how this was accomplished. Uh, I think there was something about where like he made he made the game like render layers on the ceiling or something. And the layers on the ceiling were actually walls. I don't know. It was something like that. Whatever it was that he did, it, he managed to create 3d space using machines that did not have the capability to create 3d spaces. And let's not forget John Romero and his, you know, his portion of it. I don't think that Carmack alone, even though he is evil genius, he is, I, with John Romero, it really, really took off. Yeah, well, Romero, in addition to being, you know, a very smart programmer, is also a really creative guy. And I think the bulk of the creativity that went into Doom came from Romero. Uh, he was the kind of guy that had these big books, they called them design documents, and he, had, he was drafting design documents for Doom, you know, before they even considered what it was going to be. Um, and he went into really great detail with his characters, his, you know, areas, you know, he designed a lot of the maps. So yeah, my Romero, in addition to being a programmer, I don't, I don't want to say he wasn't involved in that side of the business because he was, but he definitely was the creative brains behind that operation. Absolutely. Whereas I think Carmack was, was definitely, Carmack was more of the, the, the programming genius that made it all possible. Did you know, Jared, that their first game that they created um, as a team, was Commander Keen? Yes, uh, I remember ta discussing this with you. Um, and Commander Keen was one of those games that I never got a chance to play, but I'm aware of. I've seen it like played through on a YouTube video, um, yeah. and and stuff like that. And honestly, it it was something special, without being a blockbuster, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it is a legendary game in its own right, and it was a big hit at the time, 
they were working for a studio called Apogee, and Apogee was run by this like cheapskate guy who wanted to put like a bunch of games on a disc and sell them, you know, at a cheap price and, and basically make money without spending money. You kind of get the idea. Uh, so they weren't really terribly happy working for this guy, but it was, you know, it was money. And they actually started to borrow uh, equipment from his office and like take it to their own place over the weekend to work on their own games while they worked for him. So they were working for this guy making these like garbage games, you know, that he was selling, you know, 10 games on a disc for five bucks or whatever. Uh, and then they would at the, at, on Friday after Friday afternoon, when the office was closed, they would take the computers, throw them in the back of the car, drive home, plug in the computers at home and work on their own games. Fun little trivia about and that's, Apogee. Uh, there is a game, mm-hmm. one of my favorite um, flying games. It's called Raptor Call of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. It was made by Apogee. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, and then I think after they kind of they kind of broke away from Apogee after the success of Commander Keen and wanted to kind of do their own thing, and I think that's when they started working on Wolfenstein 3D. Which Wolfenstein 3D um, is kind of, I guess, in a lot of ways, it's like the predecessor to Doom, right? It's it's sort of if you look at them side by side, you know, Wolfenstein 3D, it's not quite there yet, right? Like they don't have quite the 3D spaces. It's almost there. It, but um, it doesn't really truly come to life until Doom. Yeah, and that I think that a lot of that is because they were experimenting with just one hallway. It's basically the same area. It's a castle, so I mean, I guess you could say, okay, it's designed to look the same in every room or every other yeah. room or things like that. Uh, you really didn't get the the screens that pop. That really, those maps that really, really popped uh, until Doom. Yeah, and I think that's the sort of thing that, you know, you you did that at the time because you had uh, hardware limitations you were working around trying to create a 3D shooter in that 2D space like I talked about before. And the way that they did that with, with Wolfenstein was they basically created what they call now a corridor shooter where it is a series of rooms connected by hallways there's not a lot of there's not a lot of creativity that you can really do you know it's it's hallway room hallway room there's only so many configurations you can create uh you know until you can do what they did with doom where they had you know room large open area hallway catwalk and uh adding a lot of possibilities to the space the player could explore within that world Uh, and now i wanted to kind of uh swerve back to commander keen for a second talking about john carmack being an evil genius because i read a book called i think masters of doom that was all about you know how they how they wound up creating doom and becoming these incredibly successful young guys who were making more money than they knew what to do with uh just off of the success of of a few games and the main thing that got them on the map, you know, prior to Doom was they wanted to make a PC a DOS game, a PC day, a PC game, you know, a DOS game that could scroll. Okay. Like Super Mario 3. That was the big inspiration for Commander Keen was Super Mario 3. Super Mario 3 is an incredible game. It was a massive huge hit and there was nothing like that on DOS. No. Because at the time at the time, home computers couldn't do that. Like, we, we take it for granted now because scrolling is something that was always in games as long as we played them. But prior to, like, some of the home consoles we had as kids, scrolling wasn't a thing. Like, you couldn't do it. That's why a lot of the older games are, like, are like one screen, and that's the entire level, like Pac-Man. Because you couldn't move a character through space and have that background move against them. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't doable. Uh, so they were trying to figure out a way to do that on a DOS game and, and a DOS game can't do that. Like DOS couldn't do that. It, it didn't have the, the capability built into the operating system to be able to create a game that does that. I'm trying not to get too technical with it cause I'm going to get it over my own head, but basically DOS games could not have scrolling from what I, what I understand. And then John Carmack was like, the hell they can't and he found a way to make it happen 
it wasn't quite the same because, again, he was using tricks. He was tricking this game into scrolling. It wasn't really scrolling, like, on a technical level. What was actually going on in the background of the game wasn't the same thing that goes on in the background of the game when the screen is scrolling. But to the person sitting in that chair in front of that screen, it looked like it was scrolling. Right. Right. So I have a question for you. Okay. And this is one of the things I wanted to talk about. What uh, What is your favorite classic Doom game? It's hard to pick. I mean, I've always been partial to the original Doom, I think, because I spent so much time playing it as a kid. So I usually kind of default to that, and I think I finally got the ultimate Doom when I finally did have a decent computer, like, many years later. Uh, I think probably around, like, 2000 or so, I finally got, you know, the ultimate Doom that had that extra fourth episode. But that fourth episode even wasn't that good. So I think the original Doom for me is is always going to be, you know, the fondest in my memory. I am part of a page on Facebook uh, called uh, the Ultimate Doom or something like that. It's a it's a Doom group. Anyway, um, they did a poll of everybody in the group, and the results of that were kind of on the same plane as what I'm feeling, um, because again, I played these Doom games much later in life. Um, the results were that Doom Two was the unanimous like not. 100%, but it was it ran away with with the options. Doom 2 was was the most liked game in in the classic series. And I I I really enjoyed Doom 2 for what it was. I you know, um I find myself on GZ Doom putting wads into GZ Doom or uh, in GZ Doom putting wads into Doom 2 more than any of the other Doom games. That does seem to be like the community standard of the best Doom game is Doom 2. Uh, I don't pretend to understand the reasoning behind that because I'm not really part of like the larger Doom community, I guess. But I know that every time I've downloaded anything, you know, when it, when it comes to GZ Doom mods and stuff like that, they always recommend to run it with Doom 2. And I've run them with, you know, the original Doom and that they, they work. So I'm not really sure the reasoning, but whatever the case is. Good. And you have to ask yourself, and I, you know, I'm not sure. I don't play Minecraft, okay? So Minecraft isn't my jam. It's not my type of game. But I know there's a ton of mods for that. But I wonder if, and this is just kind of me speculating, but I wonder if Doom is probably one of the most modded games of all time. Yeah, I would say so. I would definitely say so. Uh, I think I don't know. I don't know really with Minecraft. I think Minecraft. Um, kids mostly like it i don't know how much how much modding is done in minecraft i know roblox is a game that basically is nothing but mods if i understand it correctly but that's like stuff that kids like so i'm not really too sure about that uh, i do know that um there are countless mods for doom out there i've played some wacky ones like there's a there's a batman doom mod i played there's a ghost but there's a ghostbusters one of course there's a Mario Doom, if you've ever seen that, where it's like you're just walking across the bricks and <laughs> collecting coins. Uh, There's a uh, 3D Legend of Zelda that i seen recently. Oh, yeah, there are total conversions that are out of this world. There are There's Brutal Doom, of course, and, and Project Brutality, which I love. I think Project Brutality is one of the greatest things that anyone's ever done with Doom. They add so much to the game. Oh, absolutely. Uh, make, it, make it look and feel much more modern, add weapons, add enemies. Uh, you can now, you know, have a completely different experience playing Doom. And, of course, you know, they up the graphic violence to absurd levels, which is it's kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> but apart from that, you know, uh, and also like the custom maps that are out there that are still playable today that people have been making for 30 years. Uh, I recently, not, not recently, it's a couple years ago, I tried Ancient Aliens. Ancient Aliens was a really popular one. And the maps are, are fantastic. I was thoroughly enjoying Ancient Aliens. And there are a whole bunch of them. Uh, there are even infamous uh, map mods out there. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank on the names of them now, but there are some map mods where, like, the whole uh, point of them was to make something absurd but also challenging in a meaningful and rewarding way. So there are maps that are just, like, one open space with, like, 400 demons in it. And you have to find some way to get across this space full of demons to the other side. Uh, and you know, there's trick, there's a trick to it, right? Like you always have to like rocket jump to a certain spot 
you know, uh, or there's like somewhere among all those demons, somewhere is hidden like one barrel that if you explode it, the entire place goes stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, I, I, I will say this as much as the maps in Final Doom kind of stink. There are a few really good maps in Final Doom. So that might be my number two, even though overall Final Doom is kind of like in terms of quality of the maps is kind of touch and go. There are some really, really good ones in there. So Absolutely. So what do you think of Doom 64? Because I'm pretty much saying it sucks. Doom 64 is probably one of the few good N64 games. Few good. Okay, so why is it so good then? I mean, it's on a crap console, a crap controller. What makes it so good? Well, there's probably about seven good games on the N64, and Doom Doom 64 is two of them. Uh, for one thing, the maps are really great. The maps are probably better than what was in like Final Doom or um, any other you know original Doom game apart. Doom 2. I'd say arguably the maps in Doom 64 are better than the original Doom. There's some incredible puzzles in there. Very memorable maps. Um, The controller, you mentioned the controller, and and the N64 controller is terrible for just about everything except for Mario 64, which is a lousy game anyway, and someone finally thinking of hey, controllers have triggers on them, let's use one to shoot the gun in a first-person shooter. Like, how did no one think of that before? That's so obvious. It would be obvious. It's the same finger. But, again, you're talking about the Nintendo 64. And speaking of which, just a little trivia here with that controller, Miyamoto designed that controller specifically for Mario 64. Which kind of goes to show you in Miyamoto's thinking... This man thought, I want to make this game, and I'm going to make a controller specifically for this game and give absolutely no thought to how this controller design is going to impact the experience players are going to have in literally every other game they play. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, no wonder the thing only sold, you know, 100,000 units or whatever it was. But, um, yeah, but Doom 64 actually has pretty great design, a lot of great maps, uh, the controller having the having the trigger as an actual trigger was a really cool idea, and now every shooter has like the right trigger. The only thing about the N64 was that it didn't have a right trigger; it had the Z trigger, which was in the middle, and the middle handle was supposed to be for your left hand. So you, ha- I guess, you'd have to be a left-handed Doom guy. Right. Right. That's the only thing. But apart from that, I mean, that was kind of that was that was kind of a revelation. Now all the games do that. Right. The only thing I, the, you know, the N64 controller would have been about a hundred thousand times better if it, if it had actual buttons and a right analog stick. But if it did that, it would have been the DualShock, and the DualShock was 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 a different thing. Absolutely. So yeah, that was Sony's creation. Yeah. So. But yeah, man. But and actually, uh, Doom 64. You can play all of Doom 64 now. Uh, you know, in GZ Doom, there are there are IWADs out there, and uh, you know the the graphics are gonna look like you know regular Doom. It's not gonna look like the Nintendo sixty four sprites. Although I think I don't think about it. I think you can play with the the Doom sixty four sp- the sprites. But when I played it the first time, it didn't have them, and then I think I played it again later and I did. Now, so yeah, so that you can, you can play Doom 64 in like GZ Doom with an IWAD and it works and it's good. And I know you can play Doom 64 on Game Pass for modern consoles as well. But again, you're Oh yeah, they did all those they did all those lousy remakes. Yeah. And now you're talking about, you know, the controllers the way they are, so you're going to have the right trigger button, double dual analog sticks, that kind of stuff much better experience than you know the the digital controllers we had back in the 90s uh and much more familiar and feels a lot more similar to the experience of using a mouse and having look spring and what do they have look spring like do you have the ability to look in all directions on those because with gz doom you can do that i don't know if the doom remakes on the consoles have that no you can't well i have doom 2 for my xbox um and you only mm-hmm. have one plane, so you have left and right. You, you don't have up and down. And then they like change it so that, 
like the the stim packs and the medikits like don't have a don't have a first aid cross on them anymore because like i don't know a first aid cross is offensive somehow it might i don't know i didn't play too much of it because i was kind of peeved that they censored weird stuff in that i don't don't really get i was kind of peeved that i couldn't up and down like i can on gz doom so i thought screw it man i am not gonna play it on console i'll just play it on my pc yeah, the source ports add so much. They add the ability to, to do look sprint. They add the ability to jump and crouch. Although jumping in Doom is kind of cheating. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But then again, rocket jumps, you can't tell me that rocket jumps yeah. isn't cheating. Yeah. And I just like playing like Project Brutality where you can run around with two machine guns, <laughs> dual wielding machine guns. <laughs> double machine guns <laughs> or double plasma rifles. Yes, double plasma rifles. It is ridiculous. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I want to get into modern Doom because this is kind of the elephant in the room, right? There's so many people that played Doom 2016. I believe it was Doom 2016. Anyway. And (laughs) Doom Eternal. And, you know, there's... So many people that really enjoyed Doom 2016 and so many mm-hmm. people that did not enjoy Doom Eternal. And, you know, I I can't quite fathom that. Them. Yes, you're <laughs> among them. And this is why I wanted to bring it up because I want to I wanna kind of state my position here on Doom Eternal because I believe it's actually, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of unlockables. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, it was such... To me, it was such a fun game, although screw mm. some of those um, items pickups because <laughs> they were insanely hard to get. I'm thinking of one off the top of my head where you have to fall down a pit and you have to mm. land on a platform while you're falling down. And if you don't get it, you have to reload your uh, checkpoint and you have to do it quickly right. because if you actually fall into the pit where you're at, it auto saves that's not good (laughs) that's a design flaw yeah it was it was not the greatest but you know i mean aside from that i know i know everybody's gonna say oh it's just one arena after another and a hallway and everything like that but you have to think about on that's pretty much what it it is it really is but what's fun about it is is that you know you have better moves your um Mm -hmm. Your mods for your weapons, I think the weapon mods are better in Doom Eternal than they were in 2016, honestly. Um, Because I absolutely love the shotgun and the uh, grenade launcher Mm. that comes with it. That's so much fun. They're like sticky grenades, and you can stick them to the demons and blow them up. That's always fun. And (laughs) the... um, I think it's more brutal when you have the uh, glory kills. Um... You get a lot more um, stuff out of them. The shields or the armor and the health for Hmm. doing glory kills. Um, It's a lot more colorful uh, with the um, drops that the enemies have. Um, Hmm. The hell on earth is is just amazing. Hmm. Um, It was such a fun little game that, you know, I I go back to it every now and then and just play through the story once. So, you know, even after I beat it and I have all my weapons and everything and I just go around and even though I played it about a billion times, it's still fun to me to go around and do these (laughs) maps that they created, you know. But, yeah. Oh, I was going to say one thing that I found interesting is... uh, Samuel Hayden, how he's used in Doom Eternal versus how he's used in 2016. I mean, I don't know because I kind of, I kind of gave up on, um, kind of gave up on Doom Eternal. So I liked 2016. It was fun, and it was kind of like, in a lot of ways, a throwback to the original Doom. Uh, but obviously, massively updated, right? And in addition to being massively updated for a current generation, it was creative enough that it kind of stood on its own as being something new and different. Uh, and it had some memorable sections. I remember this one section where you're basically like walking across like a catwalk and there's demons and imps everywhere and you're trying not to get knocked off the damn thing. And that was a very cool sort of like, you know, white knuckled uh, part of the game. 
I remember a lot of the maps were pretty fun. Um, hunting the little little dolls, trying to find the little dolls was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I like how they made the Doom guy like this crazy caricature of himself. Because that's kind of the way the, the, the like extended universe of Doom treated him. Like this was this crazy guy, and he was he was the Doom guy. Uh, they call him the Doom Marine, I guess, to make it sound a little bit more like like a character that would really exist. Well, Doom Slayer, but you know, they call him the Doom Slayer, the Doom, the Doom Slayer. Uh, but you know, he was Doom guy, and the memes are all you know Doom guy. It was based on like the comic book that came out where he's running around going rip and tear, and he's just this guy that's out of his mind. Uh, but they made the character more similar to that, which was a lot of fun. I thought. Oh yeah. So it had a lot it had a lot going for it. I felt like the storytelling was probably unnecessary because if you look back at what made the original Doom games so great, it was that they were fun to play and the storyline wasn't really important. The storyline was kind of tertiary almost to what you were doing. It didn't need a lot of storytelling. It was a very simple story. It was you are a marine on a deserted base on one of the moons of Mars and now there are demons. Go kill them. Go kill them, yeah. I, I believe it was Phobos, wasn't it? Yeah, you start on Phobos, then the second part is Deimos, and then the third episode, which they call Inferno, is supposed to be Hell itself. Yeah. I think. Yep. yep. And um, that's 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 all the story I needed. I didn't need more than that. Just go. But, I mean... <laughs> go and find, find secrets and try to... Yeah. Try to get these levels done you know as quickly as possible. Yeah. You know what's funny in this whole thing is that we're, we're completely forgetting about Doom 3. Like, we haven't even mentioned Doom 3. And I think that's a pretty common sort of attitude when it comes to Doom. Like, Doom 3 kind of... It's almost like... It's almost been, like, erased from, like, the um, collective memory of gamers at this point. Because... I remember John Carmack did work on that. John Romero did not because John Romero had already left to start his own company. That was a, a, a an amazing failure. Um, and I don't like saying that about John Romero because I think he's, you know, an amazing person in the game world of video games. And, you know, at 53 or 55 or whatever he is now, he still has the most amazing hair I've ever seen. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that man has a mane of thick black hair. He's got to have some kind of secret to maintaining that at his age. Right. But um, but apart from that, the Doom Three was was like the redheaded stepchild of Doom, and I like Doom Three. I'm saying someone who likes Doom Three, but yeah, it's it's like largely forgotten about. That was one that I never played. Um, I played Doom and Doom Two, um, yeah. but I never played Three. Doom Three. Um, I've seen clips and stuff from it, but it just it didn't look like it was my jam. Like it didn't look like the first time I built a gaming PC. The first time I built a gaming PC is because I wanted to play Doom Three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Doom Three is um, it's very different because it's a huge departure from the sort of walk around the map and kill everything of the original Doom franchise. Uh, It feels like a lot more like a survival horror game. Yeah. Yeah. And I never really got into those myself. Yeah. It's a lot slower paced. Mm -hmm. It's a lot slower paced. And there's a lot more story. And, like, you walk around finding all these PDAs that people left lying around. And that's how you kind of get the lore and the story. So there's a lot of reading. And I feel like when you play Doom, like, you're not playing Doom. If I want to play a game where we're doing a lot of reading, I'm going to play, like, an RPG or something. Right. I don't play a I don't play Doom for that. I play Doom for action. Yeah. Running around, relentless action, blowing stuff up. Exactly. But, you know, there's a lot to be said, though, about it being survival horror. Because you got to think, how perfect does that fit? You're talking about demons and stuff like that. You could really, really make yeah. it terrifying if you wanted to. Yeah, it is a pretty it's pretty scary. You know, like I've played quite a few of these uh, horror RP, horror games. I've said horror RPG for some reason. A lot of these survival horror type games. And as a genre, it's kind of over bloated, like Resident Evil. The whole Resident Evil franchise obviously is, well, most of the Resident Evil franchise is fantastic. That might be a conversation for another show. But, uh, you know, and Fatal Frame, I think, is probably one of the scariest things I've ever experienced in my life. Resident Evil 7 had me jumping out of my seat. There are some really great ones. 
And there's like so many bargain bin kind of like $5 on Steam kind of horror games that are good for like going on Twitch and getting jump scared to entertain people. Right. But they're not good for much else. Um, Doom 3 was surprisingly competent in, in, in the world of being a survival horror game. Like, it was scary. They did a really great job of giving you um, a flashlight and making it dark. And, like, you had to use the flashlight. You had to press a button to use it. So you're, like, kind of stumbling around in the darkness using your flashlight only when you need to because it's got a limited amount of battery. And if you use it in the wrong place, a monster will see it and come find you. Yeah. And and that, 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 those are kinds of things that have been used in a lot of survival horror games. The lantern in... um. Uh, Amnesia the Dark Descent, which is a phenomenal horror game. Absolutely. is a great example of that. The difference is, you know, it's hard to call a game survival horror when you're running around with, with guns and you can just shoot the monsters in the face. But that's the fun part. Yeah. So it's like, is it is it really a good survival horror game if you can run around shooting monsters? Or is it just a bad action game? It's hard to... It's hard to really say exactly what Doom 3 is. Is Doom 3 a, a, a bad survival horror game, or is it a bad action game? Like, which one is it? Right. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Doom 3 was one of those games that I never just played. I just didn't, I don't know, didn't feel like getting into it that much. Yeah, I would say I would say it's worth a shot. Give it a shot. See if you like it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I played it, I played it twice. I played the whole campaign twice. Uh, I'd say it was worth it was worthwhile. It was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh know? Well, I'm sure you do. But in a lot of these Doom wads that they did add the flashlight to your arsenal by pressing F, I think. Yeah, some have a flashlight. Some have grenades and landmines. <laughs> yeah, man. Grenade launch a grenade launcher that launches sticky grenades or freezing grenades. Yep. Yep, those were sticky grenades yeah. and freezing grenades were in Doom Eternal. Mm-hmm. I should bring that up. I like that. Yeah, well, a lot of things, you know, a lot of things in the new Doom games came from you know Doom mods. The whole you mentioned Glory Kills before. Glory Kills came from Brutal Doom. Right. Brutal Doom was doing Glory Kills, and then like the actual Doom was like, oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah, and can we take a moment and talk about Mick Gordon because. His music in the newer Doom games is absolutely phenomenal. Wasn't there a big controversy recently about that? Didn't they have like a falling out between Mick Gordon and like the producers of the game? And uh, they 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 are not they are not friendly with each other like at all. They 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 have completely different takes of what happened. Yeah, yeah, that was recently, um, and that was Doom Eternal. Something to do with the album and copyrights, or I, I don't remember how oh, that all worked out. But that's rough. But um, but man, are those are is that music incredible? I have to confess, I can't remember any music from Doom 2016 at all. I remember none of it. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't remember it. Oh, which is a bad thing. Yeah, it it was. It's kind of like electronic metal. I guess, okay. but it's it's so good, and he has so many oh, great callbacks like, to the original uh, Doom games. Like his inspiration came from the music from the original Doom games, and okay. so it's a, it's actually really good. In fact, my ringtone, well, the original, my ringtone right the now. The original Doom games had oh, it, the, the original Doom games had fantastic music. Yeah, my ringtone, even though they were mostly just ripping off stuff they were listening to at the time. Gotcha. <laughs> My ringtone right now is uh, the only thing they have to fear is you. So mm-hmm. had to. That's that was from Doom Eternal, but it was a great song. I think when it comes to Doom music, I think everybody the first thing you usually think of is you think of you know like the Master of Puppets ripoff that was the first level the E one M one. Oh yep yep. <laughs> you know <laughs> but then i think the next ep- the next level has the coolest music in the game cuz it's got this bass this this booming bass it's like boom 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 
and I can hear it in my head. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So that, that stands out to me. That, that's fantastic. And I don't know if you've ever played with the Doom Metal wad. Absolutely. That, oh, it rocks. Oh, it rocks so much. It does. It's so good. It is. It is. And I, like, occasionally when I fire up Doom, instead of playing Brutal Doom or uh, Project Brutality, I'll just throw the Doom Metal soundtrack on and play regular Ultimate mm. Doom. And, oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> so yeah for sure so dan i uh, got a question for you you got anything new All recently right. i've been like kind of not getting much stuff done in terms of the uh the youtube channel i've been busy man like i got i i don't know man i've been busy i have a script that i wrote i haven't recorded it yet so i just put out an instant uh power instinct Power Instinct was on my last video. Power Instinct is cool. It's a fighting game that was like comedy and it was pretty good, pretty popular in Japan, but like everyone slept on it here. Uh, you could like double jump in there and stuff. You can dash. It's pretty cool. Has It has the most broken AI I've ever seen in a fighting game and that's saying a lot. But uh, so I, I, I wrote the script for Power Instinct 2 and that's been sitting sitting on my desktop for, for about a good three or four weeks now waiting for me to actually record the narration and edit the video. But I've just been real busy. I'm trying to get in shape. I got my son. You know, I, I got family stuff going on. So I'll get I'll get to it. I'll get there. <laughs> it, it is the holiday season. And like I said before, yeah. I've been playing Nier Automata and just having yeah. fun with that game. Well, I'm, I'm like 120 hours into The Last Remnant, and I'm still not done yet. Like, I still have all the DLC. I still have I never I haven't finished the story yet because I want to clear all the DLC first. Gotcha. I've done everything in the game though. I've done every single side quest. I've done every single guild task, and I'm like, I'm like trying now to like level up all my skills on all my characters to like have, you know, uh, level five skills of all the main ones they're going to be using. And yeah, there, there, it's 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 endless possibilities. So yeah, when I when I do have spare time, I'm usually playing that. <laughs> right, right. So. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Console Kingdom. My name is Jared. And I'm Dan. And don't forget to follow us on our socials, facebook.com slash the console kingdom, youtube.com, uh, console kingdom podcast. And as always, game on. <laughs>